Hello, and welcome to the recap by Dive Collective. Over the next few minutes, we're going to hit the highlights of the past week's reading from our reading plan. Annika and I, and sometimes Kelly, are excited to invite you along as we read through the Bible together. You can find our reading plan at divecollective.org in our shop under free downloads. We know some of you love the accountability of a checklist, while others thrive by the freedom to join in whenever your schedule allows. The recap is intended to meet all of those needs. So whichever one of those categories you fit into, just know we're excited to have you here today. Welcome to the recap. It's the April 3rd episode. We've moved into Leviticus and the Psalms. Yeah. Unless like Back me, to you, took a, you took a short trip into <laughs> Detour. <laughs> yeah. I did I not take a, a detour. I got a little lost and I just assumed I knew what was next. And then I came back to it and realized I should have been in the Psalms, which was good because in this state of the world right now, I need mm-hmm. some Psalms. Yeah. This is good. We got to finish Exodus before we yes. jump into Leviticus. What I'd really like to do is when we get to Leviticus, I'd really like to, you know, we talk about how all of the Old Testament points to Jesus. Mm. Like we can't talk Leviticus about Leviticus totally without does. first yeah. talking about why the sacrifices were there and how they point to Jesus and our need for Jesus. So I feel like that needs to be context for yeah, before we for even sure. move into Levit- Leviticus, because yeah. I think it might make it even a little bit more enjoyable to read Yeah, um, with that does. in mind. So Exodus, we were in 39 and 40. Yeah. 40 is the chapter that I had read and I posted about on Facebook that we talked about the chapter where I was reading it and going, oh my gosh, all of this, Moses did just as God had commanded. Moses did just as God commanded. Moses did just as God commanded. And then at the end, when it says Moses finished the work, that was actually the moment it triggered the memory of when Jesus says it is finished. And then I remembered all the times that it said in scripture, I'm doing exactly as everything that I'm doing is exactly as my father told me, like everything Mm. that I'm doing is directly from the Lord. It's my everything doing the will of the father. And so he's just, Jesus is his entire life is doing as the Lord commanded, doing as the Lord commanded, doing as the Lord commanded. And then when Jesus says it is finished, I noticed that right after Moses says, Moses finished the work, the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of God filled the dwelling place. It was as soon as Moses had done everything, just as God had commanded him, then his glory came and dwelt among them. Finally, mm-hmm. that's exactly the, what happens after Jesus says the work is finished. This exact same tent Moses had just put up to be God's dwelling place. As soon as Jesus finished the work, that same curtain that we're talking about was torn into and God's glory filled the world. Like he, like the earth shook and he came and he dwelt among us through Jesus's mm-hmm. spirit. I just was like, whoa, that's an amazing parallel. That last section where it talks about God's glory and how it covers the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. It says that a couple of times that the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And it made me think about the fact that now we're referred to as the tabernacle, right? So we are the temple. Just thinking, yes, just Mm -hmm. thinking about the fact that as believers, we have the Holy Spirit, essentially an aspect of God's glory residing in us. God's glory, not an aspect, the Holy Spirit. Like right, we've God right. dwelling in us. I mean, it's like mind-boggling. Right. It's it's mind-blowing, and even like doing this thing that we're doing now, and thinking about it, and being reminded that this isn't me. This is just an opportunity for 
the spirit yes. speak through my babblings. You know what I mean? Like, yes. And, and it's so humbling too, like thinking about the fact that God loved us enough that he would even be willing to, I mean, in a sense, it's, I might be saying something totally wrong here, but it's almost, I mean, he obviously humbled himself to become man when he, be, when God took the form of man, when Jesus humbled mm-hmm. himself and took the form of man. And he even humbled himself as far as to go to the cross for us. So like, we know that God humbled himself in that, but then even thinking about the fact in some senses, the fact that his dwelling place is with, was within us now, that's an aspect of humbling a little bit, I think. Um, <laughs> you think? Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. But it's so... Because we are nothing. We are not worth right. anything in these bodies except right. for Jesus. It's like totally speaks to everything that Jesus did, mm-hmm. that Jesus made us holy, that he, right. he took our wickedness and then calls and he makes us holy enough right. that his spirit can dwell in us. It's like... Yes. It's my, it makes your brain spin. It's incomprehensible. Yes. Yeah. When we were talking before the recording and you were like, I just like, I'm not, I don't remember. Qualified maybe. Qualified. Yeah. I'm not qualified. And what we were talking about the other day that we can't see his spirit working through us. All we can do is bring ourselves to the table and trust that his spirit is alive in us mm-hmm. and that other people somehow will see his glory because we show up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. In spite of us, that they'll in, see his glory in spite of us. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I like Exodus. And now we're in Leviticus. And so let's, I'm going to let you start. Why don't you lead us off? Because I feel like this is your jam. The academic understanding of the sacrificial system and how it. Which let's also, be clear. <laughs> I don't have a handle on it fully. Yes. To the degree that you do though, this is the part that I feel like so many people who are coming to the church or coming to the word. You can understand the gospel without understanding Leviticus. You can Mm -hmm. understand your need for a savior without understanding the Old Testament, without having a good handle on it or why it's significant or what its significance is. But to have an understanding of what was happening in the Old Testament Mm -hmm. and how it ties into and leads up to the work of Jesus on the cross Mm -hmm. gives so much depth to understand the length that God went to, to have, be in relationship with us right. and to be able to walk with us once again, you know? Yeah. Well, okay. So let me just start by saying, so the Bible project is this resource that I've used over and over again with my kids. I use it for myself all the time. Almost every time that I start reading a new book in the Bible, I watch a Bible project video. They're all on YouTube and they're free and they're awesome. They walk you through the book as a whole. They give you this zoomed out picture and then they kind of zoom in and take you through step by step and then zoom you out again. So you can kind of see the whole goal and pattern of whatever the book is talking about. And that is super helpful for something, especially like Leviticus, because they kind of give you an overview of all the different sacrifices and stuff and how the book is laid out. It's actually organized in a very intentional way. So if you get a chance to watch the Bible Project Leviticus video, I think it would be super helpful. But without going through all the specific offerings, because I don't feel like I'm prepared for that, I think going into Leviticus, just recognizing why God set this up in the first place. So the whole purpose of Leviticus and anything else that we're, I mean, scripture in general is to point us to Jesus, to show us that we need him, right? So 
for the Israelites, I was actually thinking about it in a different kind of a way this time as I was reading it. Because other times when I've read it, I've thought about how when we read Leviticus from our cultural perspectives, this is totally foreign. Like the thought of offering sacrifices all the time. I mean, sacrifices the fire can't at go all. Out. But right, yeah, the fire can't go out. It has to always be ready. And whether you know you sinned or you sinned intentionally or unintentionally, or if it's like weeks later and someone points it out to you or whatever it is, whether you know or you don't know, you've got to offer some kind of offering to atone for it. Like if you accidentally touch something and you become unclean, you have to right. offer something to cleanse yourself. Unintentionally gave someone the wrong information could come across as a lie. You know what I mean? Like there's a section in there that talks kind of about that. Yeah. Whatever it is, you offer a sacrifice to fix it, to atone for it, to pay for it. Okay. And so thinking about it in that way, it feels really foreign to us. Then I I was trying to put myself in their shoes and in the culture of the day, all those other pagan gods that people were worshiping, they were offering sacrifices to them to appease them. Like they're still, it's not atoning. It's not paying for their sin. It's more just like kind of an appeasement but it's the still kind of the same idea. Mm-hmm. So in that, when I thought about it that way, I thought, so this is probably, it's definitely different than what they were offering. But the way culturally the were doing it was sacrifices, right? Culturally, it made sense to them mm-hmm. to offer sacrifices for atonement because that's what the culture did, whether they right. were doing it to the one true God or not. I don't know details about other sacrifices for other religions, what they were doing at that time. This is really, really detailed. And so I kind of imagine it's more detailed. All that to say that made me think about it in a little bit of a different way, because it always has seemed really foreign when I think about it. Right. But it wasn't necessarily foreign. And I've always kind of wondered whether part of why... God did it this way was so that it could be relatable. Yes. I almost wonder whether he set it up to be a sacrificial system so that they could have some kind of concept of who Mm -hmm. he was Mm -hmm. in relation to these other gods. Mm -hmm. Everything about the way that he does it, I'm sure was different. Right. And that he was one, the one true God. And two, he had a specific, he gave them specific outlines for what the altar should look like. Everything was about obedience. But at the same time, so much of what he does, he makes it so that we can understand, like he meets us where we are. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I've, all, I've often wondered whether he set it up this way so that they could have a way to relate to him. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it, it does make sense. I, and, and that's kind of how I thought about it this way, differently than I've thought about it in the past. I guess all that to say, as we're reading through Leviticus, I think it should do a couple of things. I think it should remind us how often we need Jesus, just the constant nature of repentance that was happening Mm -hmm. for these sacrifices, just like over and over and over and over. Sometimes it was, yeah, it's just constant. There was, some of them had kind of a set schedule, but some of them didn't. Whenever you sin, you come to the priest. So just being reminded of our constant need to confess and repent. And then that Jesus in the context of the gospel and knowing that Jesus has already made the sacrifice for us. He is all of these sacrifices. So for us, he is all of these sacrifices. He Mm -hmm. has done it. We don't, we don't need to do it anymore. And that repentance is about our relationship with him. Mm -hmm. So the constant 
nature of the repentance. That's one thing. And our, just our need for Jesus. And then I think just gratitude too. When I think about in order to atone for, for man's sinfulness, there has to be bloodshed. Something had to die. Mm -hmm. And so just recognizing, especially after we've just read a couple of the gospels and we've read through Jesus's experience when he went to the cross and recognizing that it wasn't just physical pain that he had to endure. Mm -hmm. He took the entire weight of all of the sins, past, present, future on himself and paid that price for them. Mm -hmm. And then God, because we have talked about God being holy, like God turned his back on that sin because he cannot be, God's holiness cannot be in the presence of that sin. So yes, Jesus's body was horribly broken for us, but that wasn't even the worst of it. That spiritual darkness that Jesus willingly subjected himself to. I just think about is, right now, how many times I've said in the last couple of days, his presence is enough in the worst of the worst of the worst circumstances, at least when we feel him near, it's enough. It's enough to yeah. get through any kind of struggle or any kind of whatever. And now you're like blowing my mind. You're right. Jesus took on all of the sins of the world to the point that he didn't feel his without father his father's presence. Right. Yes. Yeah. So just like, as we read through Leviticus, after having just read through the gospels and recognizing that all of these things that had to be done during this sacrificial system, they don't have to be done anymore because Jesus did it. I'm excited to talk about the one Omer that yeah, they do had it. to bring. So like they had to bring one, omer of grain as a sacrifice which is two quarts it actually said my version says two quarts but it's the same as one omer can you tell me where you are in leviticus sorry it says um, the grain afford the two doves or pigeons bring two quarts of fine flour for your absolution offering this is in chapter five okay but it actually shows up a few times wherever there's a grain offering it's usually two quarts and it's without oil or anything and it reminds me of So back in Exodus, where they're out in the middle of the desert, they have to collect one omer or two quarts of manna every day. That's how much they collect. And no matter how much they go out to gather, whether it's a lot or a little, they come back and it's always the same amount. It's always enough for the day, two quarts. And so this manna or this bread that God has provided, they go out and they gather it. But God told Moses to collect two quarts or one omer of manna and take it and place it in the Ark of the Covenant Mm -hmm. as a reminder. And so this Ark of the Covenant is in this tabernacle, correct? Right. So this Ark of the Covenant is in the tabernacle. So the two quarts of manna are actually like this sacrifice that they have to bring, like God has already, it's already there. Like it's already provided. God has already provided the two quarts of manna from the very beginning, just like the ultimate sacrifice, like Jesus being the sacrifice that's that pays the price for all of us. It was there all along. Like he is the bread of life. He is that bread that God provided in the desert and that he had the plan all along to provide it. It wasn't, we bring those two quarts of manna for our sacrifice, Mm -hmm. but the perfect manna, the God created manna is already there in the Ark of the Covenant present the entire time, just like Jesus was there the entire time prepared and ready to be the ultimate sacrifice Mm -hmm. so that we didn't have to We didn't have to do anymore, but we'd still go out and gather him when we go and gather his word and we go to learn more about him and we make our constant confessions and repentance and in worship. Yeah. Anyway, I just, he really is the best storyteller. 
He is like, he put that together. He put that, yeah. that, that over thousands of years. He's been building this story. I mean, just like the, the tent and him filling the tent with his glory and then him tearing the curtain yeah. at Jesus' sacrifice. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. His the writing. way that the story just continually back to Jesus all the time is, yeah, it's, it's cool to watch. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. Let's move from Leviticus. So where are we going? Proverbs? No, John. We got to finish John. No. Oh, we do. John 18 through 21. Quite a bit. Okay. Wow. It feels like it's been a long time since I've read John. Okay. So one thing that's kind of embarrassing, I thought they were having Passover supper. I thought that the last supper was Passover. It was not. Oh, the, the Passover is like the night before Jesus is. The Last Supper is the night before Passover. Okay, let's clarify. Right? Okay, so you did too? Yeah, because it says that Jesus is going, they're going to prepare a place to eat the Passover. I know. Hold on a second, though. It's that, where does it say? When Pilate heard those words, he, okay, so I'm in John, Where are you? John 19 verses 13 and following. When Pilate heard those words, he led Jesus outside. He sat down at the judgment seat in the area designated stone court. It was the preparation day for Passover. The hour was noon. Pilate said to the Jews, here is your king. They shouted back, kill him, kill him, kill him, crucify him. Pilate said, I am to crucify your king. The high priest answered, we have no king except Caesar. Pilate, and then he gets crucified. Like he literally was the Passover lamb on Passover, right? Not that way. All right, let's see here. Didn't you think it was Passover? I wonder if they're just getting, like the reason we assumed it was because they were they're getting, getting ready. ready for they the are Passover. getting ready for Passover yeah. on Thursday. I'm looking. Yeah, I guess I've always thought of it as, or maybe I just haven't thought about it. Like that whole general time in my head I is know Passover. for sure. I've talked, I've literally said that it's Passover. I think when I think, I yes, I've wrong. said the same thing. I think when I think about Passover, I think of Passover as a whole week, but that's not accurate either. I don't know why I think that. Because it isn't, is that the week? No, it's not even the same week as the, the Holy Week, like the atonement. Is it? This Where is why, Jewish this is right. This is why I'm like, we should not be doing this. <laughs> Okay, so I'm anyway, that's I'm gonna leave that in there because people need to know I don't know these things. So here we go. In the comments under this podcast, please clarify the Passover. <laughs> yes. This is I honestly thought that the night before it was Passover, but it's Holy actually, Week. I can't wait for comments. I must Google. This is a Catholic site that I'm on now. Okay, where do you want us to prepare the Passover supper? I am to celebrate the Passover with my disciples in your house, Matthew 26. Keep in mind that on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the lambs would have been slaughtered in the temple and readied for the Passover meal after sunset. After supper that night, Jesus would have prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, then been arrested on Friday morning at daybreak. The chief priests, elders, and scribes took Jesus to Pilate. Arriving at Calvary, Jesus crucified Jesus around 9 a.m., Mm-hmm. Um, about midday. That's right. Cause then it gets dark in the middle of the day. Right. Darkness covered the whole land until mid afternoon at which point Jesus died 
after Jesus' death, the body was prepared for burial. The body had to be prepared, had to be buried before sunset because it was right before the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Following the synoptics, it appears that the Jews, as well as Jesus and the apostles, celebrated the Passover meal on Thursday, and then Jesus was crucified on Friday. However, the Gospel of John highlighted that the Jews would be celebrating the Passover meal the night of Good Friday. So that's what you brought up mm-hmm. then John. So okay. we're not crazy. This is like okay. a discussion. Okay. We're not, we're not crazy. <laughs> I did. I mean, I read that and I was like, I'm, I mean, this is the thing that like, this is where like a scholar like you, if you had caught that, you would have gone back to all the other gospels and been like, what? And you yeah. would have wrestled with it where I'm like, Oh, it's wrong. Yeah. Man. Okay. <laughs> so this brings up a really interesting conversation. Like, contradictions in scripture right Right. Mm -hmm. and so which we've already talked about a little bit probably i don't remember but just yes and how Mm -hmm. do we talk about how like when when you're coming when you're telling a story from lots of different points of view it's Mm -hmm. not going to be ever the same what was i just reading i wonder if it's what i read it was totally it was just a book i just finished this book educated Uh uh-huh which was really, really good. I um, read but it. it. Oh, so good. But yeah. so in there, she's telling her whole story. Uh-huh. But at the end of lots of chapters where she tells how she remembers something, she'll say like a footnote, like, okay, this is how I remembered it, but so-and-so remembers it this way. And so-and-so remembers yes. it this way. And this brother remembers it this way. And so it kind of just fueled my, you know, what I've always understood about scripture and how when we have differences in the gospel it's because when if you and I are in the same place for a same event you're going to notice things that I'm not going to notice like if someone if the stories all match you know if it's not true secondary details match yes it's probably yeah. a lie mm-hmm. yeah primary because if the then, primary details are all the same then you're probably like then that's a good thing but if the primary if the secondary details are all aligned then you know that people have matched their stories yeah. and they're probably not telling the truth yeah. Yeah. Such a good, like, I don't know. For I me, like it was this like, is an example of that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is funny because I feel like that so many people use the fact that there's inconsistencies between the gospels to say that it can't be true mm-hmm. when the truth is, is that those secondary detail discrepancies actually mm-hmm. prove that it's more likely to be true. To it, right? yeah. 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 Good point. Really, really good point. Have fun editing all of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, okay. The other thing that I love about this chapter that I realized, so I also read through John recently. So this is my second time through it. But so the last time that I read it was the first time that I noticed that Nicodemus was with Joseph preparing yes. Jesus's body for burial. And I just love that these two men who were part of the council really that crucified him who were too embarrassed to come forward and be known as his disciple while he was mm-hmm. alive. It's never too late. Like it's yeah. never, it's never too late. They worshiped him in the burial, which I'm sure took risk because Joseph had to go to Herod or Pilate. Yeah. He had to ask for the body. Yeah. He had to go ask for the body, which would have made him known. He would have been outed mm-hmm. at least with, with Herod. And then uh, both Joseph and Nicodemus in in the light of day, took his body and, mm-hmm. and tons of spices. I, yeah. hundred pounds, pounds or something. 75, 75 pounds. pounds. Yeah. yeah. Um, to pre- prepare this body for burial. And, um, I just, that's just so precious to me that mm-hmm. Nicodemus, 
because in my head, you only see Nicodemus once when he comes to him at night and asks him how to be born again. Mm-hmm. So it was fun to see him show up again at this moment in this oh, like yeah. really special, tender, tender way. And that reminder, mm-hmm. just like Peter, Peter yeah. who denies him three times yep. and gets a second chance. Like it's just mm-hmm. never, ever, ever ever too late. Yeah. I think it gives so much hope. Mm. We talked about this when we were doing the Matthew podcast and I think you were reading through acts or I was reading, one of us was reading through acts at the same time and how not long after, I think this was Matthew. I don't think we talked about this recently here, but not long after all of these, this huge crowd are there when the spirit comes and how we were like wondering how many of those people didn't believe. Right. But it makes me think, so this Nicodemus makes me think of like the rich young ruler or other people that we see show up in the gospels that initially are like, "Mm -mm, yeah. How many of them? Yeah. How many of them ended up recognizing the truth of who Jesus was? Right. Cause Peter is literally saying you crucified. Like when he says to, when he's talking to the crowd before they're filled with the Holy spirit, he literally says, this is the Messiah that you crucified. So yeah. Whoever was in that crowd was a part of that crowd that was shouting, kill yeah. him, kill him. And yeah. it's not too late. Like, and then Jesus, and then Peter offers them all of his Christ. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't hold anything back. Like, it's all, oh, yeah. It's, uh, and because yeah. how much of that was because Peter knew forgiveness. What it he felt like, redemption. yeah. Yeah, he, yep. because Peter went through that sifting of denial and redemption with Jesus, how easy, how much easier was it for him to offer redemption mm-hmm. to the, to the worst of right. the worst. Just amazing. Yeah. I'm going to cry. Okay. I love the ending of John. So one of my favorite traditional hymns is the love of God. Where it talks about no pen or like if you had a whole ocean full of ink, you could never write the love of God. And that's like, John says that the very, le- yeah. the very end of John, there are also many other things. Yeah. Many other things that Jesus did, which if every one of them were written down, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written, which obviously that's where that hymn came from. Yes. But because I took that sidetrack into acts accidentally, mm-hmm. that makes me think of like where it says, it says, this very Jesus who was taken up from among you to heaven will come as certainly and mysteriously as he left. This mm. miraculous working, all-encompassing, loving, redeeming, all-forgiving mm. Jesus, this very one who did all these things that you're, the, the world can't contain. Yep. He's coming back and the world certainly. will not be able to contain him. Certainly. Yeah, certainly. that's what, that's what gives come. me chills there yes, is that word as certainly. certainly and mysteriously yeah. as he left. Ah, let's get out of John before I... Yeah, we still have Psalms to go. Yikes. Can we skip Proverbs? I mean, Proverbs is fantastic. Yeah, we can totally. I'm, yep, we can skip right through Proverbs. I read one out loud to Isaac and one of, a couple of my kids were up this morning. I was like, how's this for a word of the day? Let me see if I can find it. Oh, lashes and, lashes and wounds purge away evil and beatings cleanse the innermost parts. (laughs) Happy Thursday. Stand up, kids. Come on. Yeah, I know. I was like, well, all right. I all, for me, the convicting part, it, Proverbs was, I'm not skipping it because there was nothing important in it, but I would say that what I got from Proverbs this week that I've been praying, just the need to control my tongue. Mm-hmm. That was my big takeaway. Mm-hmm. One of the things that actually did stick out to me in Proverbs in chapter 21, it says, doing what is righteous and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice, 
which in light of Leviticus, like that was the whole point of all of those things was for them to recognize that they can't be righteous and just apart from God himself. Yes. Reading that proverb, knowing it's like a principle to live by and recognizing that thinking about it in light of what we know Jesus did and the sacrifices in Leviticus, I just feel like it makes it a little bit more alive. Yes. Psalms. Psalms is the other way. Can I just tell you Psalms and the message? Oh, I, mm-hmm, I almost switched to reading it in the message because I was thinking, I bet this is awesome. It's so good. Chapter three, Psalm three, mm-hmm. I think was really relevant Yeah. to our current circumstances. And there were other places too, where it talks about taking refuge in him a few times. That's a pretty common theme in the Psalms anyway. I'm going to read Psalm 4, at least the part that, no, I'm going to read Psalm 4 because it's not very long. And in the message, it's really good. When I call, give me answers. God, take my side. Now I'm in trouble again. Grace me, hear me. You rabble, how long do I put up with your scorn? How long will you lust after lies? How long will you live crazed by illusion? Look at this. Look who got picked by God. He listens the split second I call to him. Complain if you must, but don't lash out. Keep your mouth shut and let your heart do the talking. Build your case before God and wait for his verdict. Why is everyone hungry for more? More, more, they say, more, more. I have God's more than enough, more joy in one ordinary day than they get in all their shopping sprees. At day's end, I'm ready for sound sleep, for you, God, have put my life back together. Isn't that beautiful? That's so beautiful. Complain if you must. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. take your complaints to God. Complain if you must, but don't lash out and keep your mouth shut and let your heart do the talking. You don't have to say all the things that you think you have. Like, he can hear all of it. Like, Mm -hmm. pour it out before him, and you don't have to even say it all because all those things that you don't even have words for because they're so upsetting. Like, Mm -hmm. build your case before God and wait for his verdict. I have God's more than enough, more joy in one ordinary day. Then they can get in all their shopping sprees at day's end. I'm ready for sound sleep. That makes me think of Proverbs where it talks about people go and they try to get more and more and more mm-hmm. and that's their end. Mm-hmm. But for those who wait on the Lord, they rest. They're, they mm-hmm. know they're in good hands. Yeah, I love that. In Psalm 511, it says, Let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them shout for joy forever. May you shelter them and may those who love your name boast about you. I... That last phrase, I just really. Can I read my what version? Is it? Yeah, I was just going to say, what does yeah. it say in the message? But you'll welcome us with open arms when we run for cover to you. Let the party last all night. Stand guard over our celebration. You are famous, God, for welcoming God seekers, for decking us out in delight. Decking us out in delight. I don't really feel that way right now. Maybe if I boast about him more, I will. <laughs> yeah, the Psalms in the message are beautiful. Yeah, I have to tell you that like throughout the day, I might not necessarily always feel like that. But like right now, as we're talking about mm-hmm. like, his word, I am just like, yeah, my heart is like about to burst. You are famous, God, for welcoming God seekers, for decking us out in delight. I think one thing I might do as mm-hmm. I'm reading through Psalms 
is just make note of all of the phrases like faithful love or abundant love or abounding yes. love or um, because I noticed faithful love came up a few times just in the first few chapters of it. So I think that's what I'm thinking. I'm going to get pick a color and just that's what I started to do. And I want, now that we're done with the gospels, I'm kind of bummed because I'd like to go from start to finish and circle all the come and sees because I'm seeing oh, them everywhere now. Oh, that would be fun. Maybe I'll do it throughout my whole Bible. I'm sure it's more than yeah. just the gospels, but yeah, I'm just seeing it everywhere. I think that's a good place to end. That is the March 3rd episode of the recap. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this discussion and maybe you're wondering how to get more highlights out of your own scripture reading, you might be interested in joining our in-depth dive studies where we model our process of inductive Bible study. You can find out more at divecollective.org under the studies tab. And we will see you next week.